The Make My Damn Movie Podcast contains explicit language. Listener discretion advised. Here we go. Film, entertainment, screenplay, Mark Reynolds, Tom Swain. This is Make My Damn Movie. Coming up, we're going to discuss, wait for it. Uh, using italics in a spec script. No! <laughs> I don't know why, but we're going to talk about it. Oh, yeah. Uh, some of our listeners found it deeply amusing that my wife, Brenda, called me a jackass after I said that when I die, I'd like someone to take an axe and chop up my body so at my funeral, someone could say, rest in pieces. Let's break it down. I would think stuff like that would be overtly entertaining. Yeah. But I get called a jackass? I mean, come well. on. Anyway, I guess I need to keep my comments to myself. Case in point. You can't, though. That's the problem. <laughs> so we were watching the Super Bowl. Oh, no. And that fuck face, over-the-top, frosted tip, piece of <laughs> shit, loudmouth Guy Fieri or Guy Fierro or... Whatever the fuck his name frosted is. Frosted tips. It's frosted to his brain. Anyway, there he is in a Super Bowl commercial. Yeah. Now, Brenda, for whatever reason, watches all those fakakta cooking shows. But besides that shit lick Bobby Flay, I think I despise that gas bag. <laughs> that is an excellent description. Guy Fieri. Fieri. Fiero. Because that's most. Why, what I picture him driving. He's an idiot. Okay, and done venting. <laughs> so, I see this pecker-headed fucking scumbag asshole. Are you done venting? In a commercial, and I'm beyond disgusted. Yeah. What is the damn attraction? I mean, seriously. I don't know. Right? I really don't. Anyway, <laughs> I don't know why, but I pointed to the TV and I said, there's why people kill people. <laughs> And Brenda looks over with me uh, with that you're a jackass look on her face and says, celebrity chefs are the reason people want to murder someone. Yeah. And all I'm thinking is, yeah, of course. Especially that guy. Yeah. I do give guy. her plenty of opportunities to call me a jackass, though. I got to yeah. stop teeing that up for her. I really do. No, but that commercial was probably the, the worst one. Because it was like the being John Malkovich of Guy Fierro's. Prefer it. Yeah. Don't Fierro. get me started. <laughs> also, on the last podcast, I brought up the A&E documentary series called Secrets of Playboy. Yes. A lot of comments about my reminiscing about Playboy <laughs> playmates who helped me along the way when I was in my early teens. <laughs> so to speak. The two in particular that I brought up were Carol Vitelli from July 74, uh -huh. that issue, and Patty McGuire from the November 76 issue of Playboy 1976 issue right. of Playboy and some of our listeners were wondering how the hell I remembered the name well when yet alone you know, the dates of their appearances and all I got to say is how could I not 
on on that much. Yeah, you know? believe me. And it's the only source of porn that you could get back then. Right. And it's not really porn no. compared to now. No, it was very nice to have. <laughs> yes. Anyway, quite a few people chimed in and mentioned a model named Barbie Benton. And oh, yes, I failed yeah. to mention her, and I don't know how that could have happened. Barbie Benton, she was so cute. The quintessential girl next door. Mm-hmm. And she meant a lot to me as a kid, too. <laughs> I'm not kidding. She was Hugh Hefner's girlfriend from 1969 uh, to 1976. <laughs> and I think at that time he was, what, 102? <laughs> at least. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, he was way older than her. Of course. Duh. I think she was 18 when they met. Ugh. So she appeared on the cover of Playboy four times between 69 and 85, and also uh, in a fo- in photo uh, layouts uh, in a couple of issues. Yeah. She was never Playmate of the Month, though. <gasps> so she got stiffed in more ways than one. <laughs> if you know what I mean. <laughs> on that. Gross. Now, she was on the TV show Hee Haw, too. Yes, that's right. <laughs> I wonder if that was after the Playboy stuff. Mm, you know, yeah. I, I could have researched that, <laughs> but I'm tired. Well, the height of uh, Hee Haw was in the 70s, like mid-70s, 75. So she so might have been like probably... in the middle of it. You know, mm-hmm. maybe he was like pushing her out there. Get out yeah. there, get out there. Sell yeah. more magazines. Exactly. Okay, now, a listener sent a text about one of the playmates I talked about, Carol Vitelli, mm-hmm. from the July 1974 issue of Playboy. Apparently, he was just as smitten with her as I was. Really? Smitten? You like that word? That's very good. Infatuated, maybe? How about love struck? How about besotted? Besotted? That's why I'm an incredible writer. <laughs> End of podcast. Yay! Anyway. You're a walking, talking source. I am. He uh, messaged in that I was incorrect about her passing away. I said she died from lupus, but he informed me that she took her own life because of lupus. What? I did not know that. He also yes. brought up something else about her that I also had no idea. Hold on. That's deeply depressing. I have... His uh, text here. Here we Mm -hmm. go. Lucas from Irvine, California. Uh, He says, in 1979, Carol Vitelli moved to Los Angeles and got a job working in the publicity department at Universal Studios. So this is after a Playboy stint. Mm -hmm. She became interested in broadcasting in the early 80s and learned all about broadcasting at the local radio station KISS FM. (gasps) Interesting, Uh, right? Yeah. I love that station. She earned a degree in broadcasting in 82. I don't know exactly what that is. In 1989, she launched her own talk show. It was called The Carol Vitelli Show, a cable access show in L.A. Whoa. Wow, he did way more research on this than <laughs> a little me. Bit. Egg on my face here. <laughs> in 78 and 79, she hosted Disco Magic, a Miami-based TV series, and dated Miami Dolphins defensive tackle Manny Fernandez. Oh, wow. Then she moved to California, where she got bit parts in minor Hollywood films, but she never really sought out screen stardom. Mm. She lived both in Florida and California and ran her own website in the early 2000s. Oh, wow. Holy crap. Lucas, stalk much? (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Anyway, he goes on to write that Carol Vitelli died at 61 from a self-inflicted gunshot wound Uh. in her condo in Aventura, Florida. I don't know. I I might have got that wrong, or he did, or something. 
somebody now. Anyway, that was in 2008. Wow. And he says she was buried in Hollywood Hills near L.A., Hmm. where she also had a home in L.A. Mm, Way more than I needed or wanted to know. But there you have it. Another Carol Vitelli fan. Lucas from Irvine, California. Went the extra mile, didn't he? Good job, Lucas. I probably could have done more investigating. Once again, I do have access to the internet. You do. So there you go. Carol Vitelli. That that was uh, a deep dive. Yeah, it really was. As the kids say. Yeah. I never, ever ever want to meet Lucas from Irvine, (laughs) California. All right, you can go to RadioactiveRant.com, and that's where you can get in touch with us, like Lucas did. Yes, that is true. And you can go to the contact page, and that's where you can can do that. Yeah, you can write in. You know what? To the stuff. Yeah, we're going to read messages from people right now. Now, I've noticed our international audience has trailed off. Over the past few months, especially in Sweden. What the hell, Sweden? We had a huge Swedish audience at one time. And what the hell happened? Maybe if we talk like this, (laughs) we could relate. That's why. Maybe. That's why they trailed off. Sorry. (laughs) All right. Moving on to people from the U.S. There we go. Brad, Rio Rancho, New Mexico. Kind of the U.S. <laughs> Pretty much a no-brainer on episode 115 with the discussion about screenplay formatting. It amazes me how many writers simply ignore this fundamental task. Yeah, they're stupid. Well, somebody doesn't have a brain, so. Yeah. Sonny, Huntington, West Virginia. Oh. Talking about script there. formatting is a waste of time. If someone crafting a screenplay doesn't understand the importance of correct formatting, then they shouldn't be crafting screenplays in the first place, should they? Correct? Uh Uh-huh. They should go choke on douche runoff. What the fuck? Too harsh? Uh, gross. Logan, Shaker Heights, Ohio. Yeah, I might not put that in there. (laughs) Just the whole visualization. (laughs) I don't know where that came from. Deeply disturbing. I'm going to really have to do a deep, think about whether i want to keep that in so you decide keep it in or take it out me yeah let's let the listeners decide (laughs) it'll be too late i know okay we will where was i I oh yeah douche runoff (laughs) 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 logan shaker heights ohio speaking of douche runoff (laughs) sorry logan now we have to leave it in To Shaker Heights, Ohio. Don't. Okay. Uh, Here's what Logan said from the place. (laughs) The yucky place. (laughs) I watched the first three episodes of Secrets of Playboy on A&E, and all I got out of it was that it really made me wish I was Hugh Hefner back in the day. Well... Yeah. <laughs> so you want to be a squirrely little shit mouth? That's really weird. Playing pipe all over the place. Meh. Melanie, Long Beach, California. Hearing Mark reminisce in great detail about specific Playboy magazines he possessed as a kid truly makes me want to read his retro screenplays. Sounds like his youth was packed full of remarkable situations. Oh, yeah. It was yeah. a total spooge fest. Oh, no doubt. <laughs> Denise, Marietta, Georgia. Not interested in hearing about a boy masturbating to Playboy (laughs) magazines back in the 70s. What exactly does that have to do with screenwriting? It has everything (laughs) to do. It's about painting a vivid picture of a total spooge fest. (laughs) Get with the program, Denise. Howie, Middletown, Delaware. How about beginning your podcast episodes with more screenwriting content? (laughs) 
<laughs> because we want people to listen. Instead of putting it at the end of the shows, a little less fluff and a little more meat. Just throwing out some constructive criticism. And I have constructive <laughs> criticism for Howie. Suck my sweaty sack. <laughs> now, that's not really constructive, no. nor is it criticism, but I stand by my generous offer. There's your message. Those were your messages. Those were your messages. We hope to hear from you next time. Why is it sweaty? It's cold in here. Are you cold? No, not really. What's interesting? This is great. What is interesting? So it's always cold down here in the, what do we call this? The beat lab or whatever, yes, the, where we do it. this stupid show. Anyway, I'm like, uh, why is it so damn cold? I look up and there's only two vents down here. Right. The rest of the house is like the sweat box. So I look and they're closed. Oh, they are closed. So I get a ladder because the ceilings are so high. Yes. And I open them. Now it's colder. What the hell's that? I don't about? know. It's weird, isn't it? <laughs> So there you go. Sorry. So did you say you were comfortable or no? I'm fine. Okay. You were just talking about your sweaty balls. <laughs> oh, you know, we really should rethink some of this podcast because... Uh, should we open with more uh, screenplay stuff? No. <laughs> I don't want to talk about it at the end. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't want to talk about it at all. Well, that's what the other podcast is for. Yeah, we have another one. It's called... Uh, who cares? <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving on to the movie quotes game. This is where I read a movie oh, quote. No. You try to tell me what movie it's from. So let's see how you do, how you fare today. Yeah. That gets longer and longer. Hmm? The hell, that little opening there. Here's your first one. Okay. Who wants a mustache ride? Anchorman? Wow. Ah, really? I am really disappointed. It's Thorny, Jace Chandrasekhar, <gasps> Super Troopers. Ah! How did you not oh, get that? Man. Classic line. Oh. Here's oh, your second that, one. That pisses me off. All right. Remember, alcohol equals puke equals smelly mess equals somebody likes you. Take 10. <laughs> <sighs> That did not make any sense. I know. Problem is, I'm reading it like how it's written. Here's it. All right. Remember, alcohol equals puke equals smelly mess equals nobody likes you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Whoa. uh, 10 things I hate about you? No. Robbie Hart is the character's name. Does that help you? Robbie Hart? Played by Adam Sandler. The wedding singer. Fuck! Come on. Who was he talking to? The kid that was throwing up in the uh, at the party that he was doing to DJ. Oh, the bat. Yeah. Oh, it's great. Have you seen my wiener? <laughs> kind of fits right in with what we're doing today. <laughs> kind of. Oh, <laughs> Uh, what? Are you kidding me? Um, Warren, there's something about Mary. Damn it. Wow. Very, very easy. Really bad. Yeah, those were. uh, Okay, now we're going to move on to the Trivial Pursuit TV trivia cards that I found out in the garage. 
Here's your first one out of three. Okay. Now, these are from TV trivia questions from the 60s, 70s, and some 80s peppered in. Possibly 80s, yeah. Yeah, we don't know. Because the game was not there. So how do we know? That's right. Here's your first one. What was the name of Darren and Samantha's son on Bewitched? Uh, Adam. Ah! Adam. Here's your second one. Yeah. Which member of the band The Monkees takes Marsha to her school dance on the Brady Bunch? <gasps> I know this one. Oh, really? I'm playing the wrong ding dong here. Are you? Oh. That's okay. You know what? It was, uh. <laughs> oh, God bless it. It was in my brain. I know this uh, one. Starts oh. with a D. Yes, I know. Last uh, name starts with a J. Davy. Davy. Davy Jones. What? Yes. You get a bell and a buzzer. It, it wasn't Mike. No. Here's a Nesmith. The third one. What is the last name of Fred's boss on the Flintstones? Oh. Mr. Slate, because everything's rock related. Right. You didn't know that one. Damn it. How did you get that but one I wrong? You the Davy Jones one. Well, you kind sort of did. Yeah, sort of is is right. Yeah. I blame the coffee. Is it good? Do you like that mm-hmm. one? I made I I, I crushed the beans. I ground the beans. Yes. I put it in the thing. Mm-hmm. I poured the water in. Yeah. Did the whole thing. And now that's been talked about. Okay, we're going to the stat picks. It's oh, the Make oh, My Damn Movie stat picks where we right. attempt to force you to watch the movies that we like. You can also go to MakeMyDamnMovie.com to see our list of stat picks. You know what happened? What happened? On that Fakakta website, MakeMyDamnMovie.com, all of the thumbnails of the movie posters, uh-huh. the DVD covers for all the movies we picked that are on there on the stat picks page, yeah. they're all different sizes now. They I went are? to a lot of trouble to get those all the right sizes. They're, now they're all effed up. I looked at the site on my phone and it looks fine. Uh, I think it's okay on the iPhone, but on a computer. Uh, never, you know uh, what? What's your stat pick? People are not listening anymore. Uh, stat pick is Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. For a while there, Quentin Tarantino was, I don't know. I didn't like a few of the movies lately. Yeah. All right. So I, I watched this one. It's from 2015. Yeah. Of course, directed by Quentin Tarantino, starring Leonardo DiCaprio, Brad Pitt, and Margot Robbie. A faded television actor and his easygoing best friend and longtime stunt double strive to achieve fame and success in the final years of Hollywood's golden age in 1969, Los Angeles. Yep. And it really, it didn't beat you over the head with, this is 1969. No. It was just, you felt it. You were in that time period. True. Um, (laughs) It was very entertaining. A period piece that connects. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's good. Even though it took liberties heavily with that, with history, yeah, which I loved. Yeah. I loved that ending. I was like, I wish, I only wish that's yeah. how it ended. But yeah, it's a very good movie. Watch it once upon a time in Hollywood. All right. Mine is uh, my stand. <laughs> <laughs> Are you tired? Yeah, I think it's the uh, douche runoff stuff that, that we need to it. <laughs> it's not yeah. good i'm really it's in the back of my mind do i want to bleep that out or not still no, but it's a running gag now is it it's okay. a uh, string 
It's a running stream. Oh, <laughs> get it. Get it. Okay. Unfortunately. Night Shift is my pick from 1982, starring Henry Winkler, Shelley Long, and introducing Michael Keaton. Wow. Ron Howard teams up with Henry Winkler once again as the director this time of this amazing film. We talk about it all the time, so I thought, got to be my staff pick. I was going to say, we've never had that as a nope. staff pick? A man named Chuck has given up life as a stockbroker because it was too stressful. So now he works an easy gig as a night shift attendant at a New York City morgue, and he is deadly serious about his job. Uh-huh. Get it? <laughs> deadly. Hey, peppered. But his rookie co-worker, Bill Blaze Jowski, what a great character name, mm-hmm. wants nothing more than to make a quick buck. When Bill... Blaze Jowski can't say it enough. When he finds out that Chuck's prostitute neighbor, Belinda, played by Shelley Long. Yeah. Holy smokes. She was smoking hot in that movie. Anyway, when Bill finds out that she needs a place to do her work, he convinces Chuck to turn the morgue into a brothel and they become (laughs) her and a horde of prostitute pimps. Right. So that's Night Shift. For the love of God, watch Night Shift. I can't believe that was Michael Keaton's first movie. Yep. Because he did a phenomenal job. He really did. It was good. Yeah. Yeah. I want to go home. Oh, I am home. (laughs) You are. Whoops. Here's a diamond. Okay, so our topic today (laughs) is a good one. It's interesting. Or is it? I don't know. We'll find out. To use or not use italics in a screenplay. Now, this may seem trivial, Mm. and it probably is. But this issue is popping up more and more for some reason, and it did get my attention. Okay? Italics. Mm-hmm. It's definitely under the umbrella of formatting, which we talked about on the last podcast, right. but I think it's worth honing in on here. Now, initially, I thought it was kind of a mundane point, but then I started thinking about it, and it's not. Or maybe it is. Fuck you. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> I came across an article where the author of the Screenwriter's Bible, which we love, Dave Trottier, he weighed in on using italics. We really need to get him on this podcast. Yes, absolutely. Figure out how to get him on, then how to use him somehow for our game. Right. Someone asked the question, hey, Dave, what's the current understanding of using italics when writing a spec script? Keep in mind, Dave Trottier has written not to use italics Mm -hmm. in that their book we just talked about, which is a great guide, by the way. Yes. The Screenwriter's Bible. It is the Bible. Anyway. Not the cat book. No. So, to paraphrase his answer, he basically said that when the Screenwriter's Bible was released in 1994, not using italics was the consensus then. Now I guess he's changed his mind. Hmm. He says that these days, if you want to emphasize a word or phrase or dialogue or action, he still recommends that you underscore that word or phrase. He adds to do it sparingly, though. Yeah. Okay. He goes on to say, though, that now using italics is okay when you use a foreign word for dialogue that is not the spoken word like lyrics to a song. Really? I don't know why you do that. Okay. Okay. He also says to use italics for special words that would be new to the reader, and he gives a pretty good example from Back to the Future. This is what makes time travel possible, the flux capacitor where flux capacitor is italicized. Gotcha. That makes sense? Mm Mm-hmm. But what the person that seems to be seeing more and more italics use in screenplays is referring to is simply using italics to emphasize a word for the reader. So it's for the reader. Yes. 
I disagree with the people in the go ahead and use italics camp. Really? Fuck, don't ever see. I just italicized the word through my voice. <laughs> don't ever use italics in a spec script. And I'm not a fan of underscoring either. Sorry, Dave Trottier. I mean, I'll still use you for I was my game. Say, now he's never coming on. Sparingly or not, I don't think it looks clean. I uh... listen. Just write the fucking movie, and if you're good enough, you'll be fine without having to rely on using italics or underscoring to accentuate a word. That's just my thought. It's a distraction rather than an enhancement. You know, I've seen some screenplays recently with quotation marks no. around. I'm like, it pulls me out Thank of you. reading. Yeah. So I did not like that. I can't remember running into any that have italicized words. Yeah, I don't know why it's so, popping up now. Laziness, mm. that's why. I think it's lazy. Here we go with the bells and whistles. Unnecessary. I think it's just laziness. You had better be able to get your message across in your screenplay without crutches. Well, things are getting more lax. Well, if you can't a do Everywhere. That. Not just screenwriting. It's, it's getting more informal. You have to be able to get your message across without using any crutches. I agree. Right? Yeah. That's the whole point. If you can't do that, well, then you can't write well. Then you're not painting the picture. I go by this strict rule. Mm -hmm. Okay? Never use italics because it makes people think you're a con man or a clown. <laughs> End of rule. Uh, I got rule. that off of Brooklyn Nine-Nine, by the way. Ah. Thank you, Captain Holt. He's a good captain. He's a great captain. So there you go. That's my spiel on italics. And here's the problem with talking about italics. We didn't get to highlight any of these original oh, screenplays. Because you don't put them. Because I don't put them <laughs> in the effing thing. Yeah. So if I was to write a screenplay and have underscoring and italics and quotation, I just think it would look sloppy. And honestly, in your screenplays, I don't see any places to really put italicized words. You can always... There's, not, there's nothing foreign, that foreign, in any of these screenplays. You can always <clears throat> pepper it in. So, yeah. But why? If you do yeah. it once, then you're doing it because... Then you have to do all it of my all dialogue. of your yeah. screenplays. I would say almost all of my dialogue, because that's the way I speak. See? Mm -hmm. I speak in italics. Fuck <laughs> you. But my point is, every single piece of dialogue would have italics in there. Or yeah. underscoring. Yeah. Or, oh, have you seen the bolded ones? No, that's yes. another thing. It, like, why away. are you doing that? It takes away, mm -hmm. man. Mm -hmm. I don't really like this podcast today because what? of all the dirt. And the filth that was spewed from the host. Oh, that's us. Whoops. <laughs> like, what? What are you talking about? It's always dirty and filthy and spewy. Dead air. <laughs> yeah. There was some of that. I guess. <laughs> no, but this this is interesting. I bet we're going to have a lot of people writing in. Yeah, there'll be a lot of people hey, are going to weigh you in. you should use italics. Why not? Because I'm a lazy sack of shit. <laughs> We're going to go. Yeah. And uh, go to MakeMyDamnMovie.com. That's where you can get in touch with us, as people like to do. They do. All right. Arrivederci. Bye-bye.